This is the Real People, Real God podcast. From our studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia, we welcome you to join us on a journey of discovering God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Darla, and Pastor Tim discuss the believer's role in God's master plan. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. This is Pastor Tim Howard, and we are working on Colossians. Uh, This is part three of this Bible study. And uh, we've been having a good time with it. I'm having a blast sitting in here doing this in my office. Um, anyway, we're uh, we're in Colossians chapter 1. So um, maybe I'll give you a minute to turn there and just kind of give you an update on events where we are right now in our world. Uh, right now, the coronavirus is still out doing its thing. Um, there's been a lot of people that have died worldwide and a lot of people have gotten this, um, this virus. Uh, they're hoping things... Uh, cases level out and start to fall off here soon, but this is week four of our stay-at-home order here in West Virginia, except for essential um, employees and employers, and I just happen to be essential with the company I work for, so I've been going to work just uh, with a skeleton crew trying to keep our distance and so on. So, Trying times, um, definitely a lot of hurdles to tackle, uh, a lot of effects on the economy, and a lot of unknowns. So what better time has there been to get into God's Word and to study and just really, uh, really ground ourselves in what really matters? Um, So that's why we're here. We're uh, in Colossians, and uh, Pastor Chris and Pastor Darla will be back together soon uh, doing our normal podcast but um, until then, uh, you'll have to uh, uh, deal with me. Uh, but I'm excited to be here with you. Um, I want to encourage you uh, and uh, just uh, help you along as you help me along just by listening and uh, sharing. Also, please feel free to contact us. Uh, I don't give enough contact information out. My apologies for that. But um, you can contact us multiple ways. First way is you can always email us at info at valleyviewchapel.net. And we'll respond to that email. Also, you can find us on Facebook. We're, we're called Valley View Chapel, West Virginia. And if you type that in Facebook, you'll find us. Our services are online, even though with this coronavirus and the stay-at-home orders, we're limited to five people. Uh, we have five people in the sanctuary on Saturday morning spread out playing worship music and giving, delivering the sermon. And uh, so we're still doing it online, live. You can find us there on Facebook, and you can also comment and message us there. So we just definitely want to give you an opportunity to reach out to us. If you need prayer or just want to talk or have a topic, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, so let's move on with this. Um, Colossians chapter 1, and let's start in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. <coughs> Excuse me. And in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Okay, so this really... There's a lot here in these few verses to wrap our heads around. 
And so I want to go through this a piece at a time so we can kind of get this concept. I, I remember years ago reading this and, and uh, some of these corresponding verses, like one I'm going to share with you here in just a moment, that uh, I, I just remember this blew me away and, and really getting the understanding of, of who, um, who Jesus is. And uh, so this kind of brings it into perspective. All right, so it says he is the image of the invisible God. Um, and turn my page here, the firstborn over all creation. So he, he was born first over all creation. And we think of Christ, we think of Jesus. Well, there's a, a, a little wrench thrown in our understanding here. So when we think firstborn over all creation, we're thinking Jesus being born as the man Jesus, uh, being born you know, before Abraham, before Adam. But we have to open our understanding here. This is where we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand this. Because here's the thing about the Word of God. It does not contradict itself in, in God's will. It does not contradict itself. So when we see something that for face value contradicts itself, there must be more to it. There must be a more, a greater understanding than we know. Now, it is important in, in Bible studies, I need to stop here and put a thumbtack in this and, and hold this on the board just for a moment. Um, there's something important we need to know about Scripture. And it really about reading anything. It's important to have context. And you were taught that, most of us were taught that in school, to, to understand the story around what we're reading. Well, Scripture is extremely important because it's it, it goes through different books, different times, different subjects. Although inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, there's a, a, a lot of different uh, separations with verses, with chapters, with books, New Testament, Old Testament, and so on. <clears throat> so we need to understand context. Now, let's take, for example, if I were to take one verse, and just this verse we read, Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, if I just take that verse and read it just for what it is, well, it, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. So what I need to do is I, I need to take the context. So that means I need to go before it and I need to go after it to bring it in perspective. And so now I can go up, and this is just an example. I can go up to verse 13 and say, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now to continue where we are. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So now that I've at least brought that little bit more context into it, we see that He delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into um, the king, his kingdom, the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption um, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So we know that man sinned and man needed forgiveness. So this answers that. Jesus answers that. So and then it goes on to say he is the image of the invisible God. So now we're bringing the scriptures, bringing validity to who he is in order to bring us salvation the firstborn over all creation. So what that tells us is, is that he was born first before any of us and therefore, you know, has the right, has the ability by God, you know, to do what he does, what he did and forgive us our, of our sins. And so we continue on with that context for by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. So just as an example, bringing this little bit of context in before and bringing this in after. By him, all things were created. So if he was the firstborn of creation, that enabled him to create creation, if you understand what I'm saying. So that helps having that context. And you've probably heard that before. You've heard pastors and teachers and maybe even school teachers, college professors tell you that. And that's extremely important. But I need to take this a step further when it comes to our Christian faith in the Word of God. Because just those words, they have a lot of deep meaning. However, it is important to get the complete context. And by that, what I mean, you cannot, in my opinion, take one scripture or even one chapter and base all of your life on one chapter without understanding and knowing a little bit about the heart of God and the will of God. The heart of God is the will of God. And so, therefore, if I am reading this word to find Jesus, which I should always be, I shouldn't be looking in this word to find out, oh, am I allowed to get a divorce, or am I allowed to do this, or am I allowed to do that? Um, that's, I mean, there's always something in the Bible to say about that, but that shouldn't be our purpose for studying the Bible. Our purpose should be to find Jesus through all 66 books in some way, shape, or form, and that's what Colossians verse 15 and so on is going to uh, really unfold for us here in just a few minutes. But I just really wanted to clarify this and really wanted to explain this to you. This is very vital um, for a person to pick up the Bible and start reading it, um, just spot reading it. I mean, reading the Word of God is always a good thing, but I need to stress here, it's really important to try to get a grip and understand, at least, uh, we'll never fully understand, but to try to understand the heart of God and, and what He thinks about mankind and what His plan is for mankind. And the only way you can do that is by reading the Word of God with the Holy Spirit guiding you. It's extremely important. Um, whether you read it from the front to the back or you read, you know, some of the New Testament, uh, some of the Old Testament every day, or you use one of the reading, many reading plans that are out there, however you do it. But I highly suggest that your goal be to read the entire Bible. Don't necessarily give yourself a deadline. Don't make it a job. Don't make it a burden. That's not what I'm trying to tell you to do. But it's important that you get the will of God. Let me give you another quick example. If I were to go into Psalms, I'm not going to take the time to do it right now because I really want to get into this Colossians. But if, if I were to take you to Psalms, there's some scriptures where David was really down and out. And he was being pursued. And there were people looking to take his life. And he was sad. He was down. He was worried. He was stressed. And, and there are times where he talked about God, you know, uh, deliver me from my enemies. And he was talking about doing bad things to the enemies and killing them and, and all these things. Well, if we go into the New Testament, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And so there's a, there's a, there's a contradictory, um, at face value, there's a contradictory uh, idea there. But really, it's not. David is pleading. He's pleading for his life. Now, God's not telling us to go kill our enemies through David. David's pleading for his life, and he's talking to God, and he's, he's pouring his heart out to him. So if we were to read that, we'd say, and take it for face value, we'd say, oh, okay, then I, I want all my enemies dead. 
Well, that's not what Jesus says, so we can't say that and we can't do that. But here's the point. Context means understanding God's heart in this. David is going through a rough time. He spilled his guts. He, he, he shared his heart. He is working in the act of surrendering at that moment and trusting in God to deliver him from his enemies. You are actually reading David's surrender to God. That's what you're reading. Um, and so therefore, you know, God will always avenge, you know, whether it's now or, or when he comes again. Um, but that's another story. So my point is this, really work at um, reading the Bible and understanding God's heart. Find out, read the, the times where God was sorry that he created man, where God loves man so much that he, uh, um, he kept giving him chance after chance after chance. And then sent Jesus. I mean, it's the greatest love story. And I mean, all those things you find in the scripture. But it's important before you take one scripture or even one chapter and start preaching that to somebody. I highly suggest that you read the whole Bible and get a better grip, a better understanding on God's heart. There's a lot of people that, that, that really talk judgment and preach judgment. And that is true. That is coming. There's a judgment coming and we all need to repent. Jesus said, you know, it's time to repent now. Um, John the Baptist preached the same thing. Um, but God, it's not God's desire. Listen to me good. It is not God's desire to kill people. Good or bad, it is not his desire. His desire, his number one goal, is to have as many people come into the kingdom of God as he can. And that's why Jesus has not come back yet, because there's more people to come into the kingdom and the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, is should be out there doing what they can to bring people into the kingdom. And so God is not there to send lightning bolts upon us and, and cause us to walk through mine heel, mine um, fields of, of death and destruction and to live in fear and be afraid and all this. We should be afraid of hellfire when the Lord comes back again and there's judgment. And, and we don't know when that is. That could be every any day now. And so we do need to repent. We do need to change our lives. But the point is this. We get the impression from hearing those messages all the time that that's God's heart that he wants to destroy. It is not God's heart to destroy. It will happen in the end, according to the Bible and the book of Revelations, it will happen. But for right now, we're not there. Right now, we're at a place where God showed his love to us in a way that we're still trying to understand and give, gave us the opportunity to be in eternity with him. And so we don't need that. The, we can bypass that judgment. But I don't want to get into that as a whole other sermon. But my, I, I just want you to understand that context, when it comes to Scripture, doesn't just mean the verses in the chapter before and after. It means God's heart, which you're going to get as you read the entire Word of God. And so maybe make that one of your goals to do. Don't give yourself a deadline that you can become frustrated and all that because that's just going to distract you. But take the time and really understand God's heart. It will open your eyes. The Holy Spirit will make things clear to you um, and you'll see the bigger picture and you'll have an understanding of what God's really up to. All right, so let's get into this thing now. That's enough of that. Um, let's get into this. Um, verse uh, <clears throat> 15, he's the uh, image of the invisible God. We can't see God, right? 
God is spirit. Scripture tells us he's spirit. He's not man. His ways are higher than man's. His thoughts are higher than man's. So right off the bat, we cannot fathom and understand everything there is to know about him. Um, but if we had to see him, if we had to lay our eyes on him, if we had to hear his words and see what he could do in relationship to man, we would be able to see that through Jesus. He is that image. He is um, what we can know of God on earth in the man Jesus. So he was the firstborn over all creation. Now, stop, stop there. Put your finger in Colossians and turn over to John. I'll give you a minute to get there. John chapter 1. <clears throat> this is what ties these two together. Um, ties this understanding together about him being the firstborn over creation. Now, um, now what we're going to do is we're going to kind of separate the man Jesus from the Son of God. They are the same person. I'm not trying to, to I don't mean it in that sense that we're that making them two different people. Um, Jesus, and this is hard for some people to get, Jesus um, is the flesh, uh, Son of God. He is um, you know, God's son that he, that he came to earth and died for us and died for our sins. Uh, he is, um, in the flesh that is his name. He was given that name, uh, when, uh, Mary was pregnant with him by the Holy Spirit, he was given the name, uh, Jesus. Okay. So that's who he is. So John chapter one, verse one, this is really good. This is where it gets exciting. In the beginning, was the word. First off, notice word is capitalized if you're using a New King James Bible, um, which means when it's capitalized, it means it's divine. It means it's deity. It means it's God. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. Now listen to this. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So uh, back in Colossians, uh, verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. We talked about the firstborn over all creation. Listen to this, verse 16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Okay, back to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. Okay, who or what is this word? Well, I told you it was capitalized. It means divine. It means God. All right, skip down to verse 14 in John chapter 1. And the Word, capital W again, me and deity, me and God, and the Word became flesh, like you and I have, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, this Word is Jesus. This Word that was in the beginning with God is God's Word is God's word. <laughs> now this might take us a little bit to wrap our minds around and I just urge you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to help you with this and maybe take some time to think about and meditate on it. Maybe mark up your Bible a little bit and really write down some notes about this. But the word was with God from the beginning. And back in Colossians, um, that's how he was the firstborn over all creation. Because he was with God in the beginning. And, and maybe somebody's asked you the question I get asked every now and then. Um, well, who, if God made everything, who made God? And my response was, well, as far as we know, as far as we can 
the uh, discern from Scripture, God always was. Well, somebody had to create him. Well, why did they have to create him? Why did somebody have to create him? Why couldn't he just be? And so that's, you know, mind-blown kind of thing. But the point is, is God's word was with him in the beginning. Your word, when you were born, your word, of course, God wasn't born. But when you were born, um, you you didn't have words yet. You had to develop those words. Well, when God already was, his word already was. He didn't have to be born, so his word was always with them. Now, what makes him firstborn over all creation is, is that <laughs> now... If you jump over, you hear my Bible turning. If you jump over to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, and you probably have heard this before, maybe know this by heart. Let's tie this all together. Let's put this needle and thread through this whole thing here. Uh, Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay, so I need to make this point. First off, God is present. It says, in the beginning, God created. So God is present at the beginning of creation. Um, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit is there. So we have God, we have the Holy Spirit. Now, we know God is a trinity, three persons in one. He's not three people. He's not three gods. He's one God, um, but he has three persons in himself. And so God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So we see God in the beginning of the creation. We see the Holy Spirit was there. Now, guess what else we see? Verse 3. Then God, what? God said. Then God said, let there be light. There's the word right there. There's the Son right there. There's the third part of the Trinity. So we have God created in the beginning. God created. He's there. Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. He's there. And then God said, let there be light. And as he spoke those words, those words were the Son of God. Those words brought into existence what God's heart intended to do. And so it goes on with every day of creation. It goes on with uh, uh, all, all six days and, and the seventh day rested with the birds, with the waters, with the sun, with everything God created. And so that's how we can say in Colossians, how Paul can say that Jesus was the firstborn of creation because he created everything. It was his word that spoke these things into existence. And so he was before everything. And that's what we're learning from John chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1, is that Jesus was from the beginning. Now, imagine this. Imagine this. Isn't this good stuff? Imagine this. Imagine if you could gather all the words that you have ever spoken in your lifetime or ever thought in your lifetime. If you could gather all those words into one heap, one pile, and you could snap your fingers and turn that pile of your words into a person, what kind of person would that be? Yeah, think about that just for a second. What kind of person would that be? Who would that heap turn into? What would be their heart? What would be their intent? Well, that's who Jesus is. Jesus is God's spoken word in bodily form, in human form. 
You see, Jesus tried to speak. God tried to speak. Sorry, God tried to speak to man back in uh, uh, in Moses' time. Tried to speak to Israel. But when they came to the mountain and he spoke, all they heard was thunder. And they got scared and they ran away. And they said, Moses, you talk to God. You tell us what he says. They were too frightened. Couldn't understand him. God tried to speak through his prophets. Tried to get the message to his people. Elijah, Elisha, Hosea, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Man could hear those prophets speak but didn't think enough of it to really obey in the long term. And so God sent Jesus, his son, his word, in bodily form to speak his heart, to speak his will, to do signs, miracles, and wonders. Everything about Jesus is the expression and the image of God. And so when Jesus speaks to you through the Holy Spirit, when he reveals things to you, when you gave your heart to him, when the Holy Spirit convicted you of sin and showed you Jesus, he was showing you the heart of God. He was showing you the word of God. And that word that spoke you into existence came back to save you because of your sin. See, sin separated us, caused us to walk the other way. But Jesus Jesus is God's word. And when he sent his son, basically he was speaking to you. He was saying, now will you come back? I'll make a way. I'll make a way if you just believe. That's what's so awesome about this. That's what's so awesome. Let me go on real quick. I'm running out of time here. It says, all things were created through him and for him. In verse 17 in Colossians 1, and he is before all things and in him all things consist. So when you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a relationship with God, with God's word. You have a relationship with somebody that existed before, that knows all, that created all, that understands all. It's not just some God you pulled out of the sky or some image you bought off of a store shelf. This is God, Jesus, the Son of God, God's spoken word that has existed since the beginning of time, before time, whatever that, however you want to explain that. Um, and he will live within you by the Holy Spirit. And that is the word of God that created everything and you have access to him. Who can defeat you? Who can overcome you? Who could overpower you? If the creator of everything lives within you. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may pre have the preeminence. So he was before creation. We were talking about context when we started reading this in verse 15. He was the firstborn over all creation. And I explained that to you. Now it says uh, in verse 18 that also, this is the beautiful part. Get this in the next three minutes. This is the beautiful part. He was the firstborn over all creation because he was God's word and he was with God from the beginning. But also... He, the firstborn from the dead, from the dead, 
So he died on the cross. You know that story. He went in the tomb for three days. Matter of fact, next weekend is, this is Holy Week. Next weekend is Easter, Easter Sunday, um, or this coming Sunday. And so Jesus rose again. He rose again to the right hand of the Father. It's where he is now. So he defeated death. He did what we couldn't do. And so we have the firstborn of a creation. He is the firstborn of the dead. He's the first one to be raised after three days like this and, and, and to uh, be at the right hand of the Father. So he's the firstborn of creation. He's the firstborn from the dead. And the last uh, sentence is he might have or that he may have the preeminence. In other words, if you were the firstborn of creation and you were the firstborn from death, there is no one greater than you. There would be no one higher than you because you've defeated the fears of humanity, which is death. And you knew more. You created everything because you were there at the beginning. And so that's who Jesus is. That's why he has a preeminence. That's who lives within you. That's who you have a relationship with because he's the firstborn over all creation and he's the firstborn from the dead. And guess what? We are heirs in, in him, through him and by him because of what he did. By believing in him, we become heirs with him of the kingdom of God. And therefore, we are born of the dead as well. That's why it says he's the firstborn. Because there's going to be more that are going to be born from the dead. And that's at the resurrection. Thank the Lord for this. God, just thank you so much, Lord for your word and for revealing it. God, I pray that your spirit just continues to uh, open your word to us and uh, just make it real, Lord God, that that we can apply this to our lives and understanding, Father. Draw us close to you by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, and continue to reveal your truth to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me. Um, part four will be coming soon, so hold on for that. Uh, and meanwhile, just continue to ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to the Word of God and to the truths He has. God bless you. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. Your hosts were Pastor Chris Shepherdson, Pastor Darla Lee, and Pastor Tim Howard. Intro music was Wishful Thinking by Dan Lebowitz. Outro music was On the Windy Road by Dan Lebowitz. This podcast was produced in Martinsburg, West Virginia by Tim Howard. Thank you for joining us.